Oh boy, it's Friday in New Zealand. That's great news. Sorry if it's not yet Friday in the rest of the world, but uh, we're going to kick this thing off with philosophy. And uh, our first Philosophy Friday on 2H Sojourn. Thanks for joining me. More to come. What do you think about my jingle? I forgot to ask. I found this tune. I love it. I think it's it's awesome. It's perfect for what we want to do. It gets me thinking in questy thoughts every single time it plays. I think it's perfect for this podcast. Um, hopefully you feel the same way. Otherwise, it's going to irritate the living daylights out of you. But that's okay because it's my podcast. So who cares anyway? Um, so what we want to talk about today is philosophy. And um, philosophy is super important in terms of adding value to what I see being the goal of this particular podcast in that uh, as a two-age sojourner, we have one foot in this world, one foot in heaven. We have dual citizenship, so to speak. We're making our way through to glory and we're on this great pilgrimage together. Uh, I want to just be encouraging you in that, reminding you about that as often as I can, reminding myself about that as often as I can. Uh, You might be going to work at this point. Uh, You might be finished your workday, but uh, you know, just a normal workday is a classic example of how we need to be constantly reminded of our status as these two-age sojourners. Uh, As Christians, we are thinking uh, thoughts of heaven. We have a a presence uh, that that is already experiencing um, much of the the already, or at least the not yet already. And uh, at the same token, we have this very real practical focus in this world, and we need to know how that works and how to uh, move forward with that. And not to be so heavenly minded that we're of no earthly good. And yet, at the same token, uh, not to be so earthly bound that we're not heavenly minded. We want to make sure that we're seeing both of those and the way they interplay and what the Christian life is all about, essentially. So I'm hoping over the long haul through these short little uh, episodes to just give you a bit of encouragement along the way, uh, help you navigate that space and help us together to make it across the finish line, uh, that glorious day when we will be together in eternity forever. Talking about philosophy, it is the love of wisdom that we're essentially after. And uh, we know, of course, that the Bible has a lot of wisdom. And uh, we know that anyone who loves the Bible essentially loves philosophy. We love the book of Proverbs. We love Ecclesiastes. We love the Song of Solomon. We love the Psalms. We love so many uh, of those aspects of the book of Job. And uh, there's so many other parts of Scripture that offer us deep wisdom, the words of, of Jesus Christ. And uh, certainly there is uh, not enough time in our life just to contemplate those things. Uh, and so we might ask ourselves, why even as those who are journeying to glory, why do we even think about philosophy beyond that? Why would we even worry about what the world has said or in terms of any of its um, attempts to, to glean any wisdom well, that's a, a great question, and uh, the reality is it's it's very, very interconnected to a worldview uh, that is properly rooted in the Scripture, and again, uh, something connected to our moving forward together as two-age sojourners. Uh, we understand that in this uh, this age that, that, that is passing, that is, uh, is essentially not going to last, uh, there is nevertheless given by God a stage as it were a platform upon which uh, firstly the drama of redemption could be worked out bringing us uh, 
the the culmination of the ages in in Jesus, and uh, and even continues to preserve the world in which we live, so as to allow for mission to go forward and uh, for all the elect to come forth as they hear the gospel. Um, but the reality of common grace is is quite profound. It means God gives. Uh, to people on this earth, even those who hate him, even those who uh, willfully turn away from him, even those who don't know about him, uh, those who uh, don't concern themselves with God at all, um, he gives to them blessing. He gives to them a grace, as it were, a a common, uh, a temporal grace. And part of that grace is is to understand and rejoice in truth and to uh, see elements of truth, and to be skilled in understanding, and to be uh, uh, wise uh, in uh, a sense, and we'll talk more about that soon, but uh, there are many elements we see in common grace flourishing from the very beginning with um, the city of Cain, who of course know Cain, of all people deserved uh, to be judged and then again some, uh, but he was given a city and in the city we see the flourishing of all uh, the arts and uh, culture and uh, and really that begins this theme right throughout humanity of so much of what we see in, uh, in the world. Uh, those who uh, are gifted by God to do certain things and uh, the philosophers in uh, all throughout the ages, and, and especially the Greco-Roman guys, uh, I've got a particular interest in, in them. Um, but these guys have sought out truth in, in, in zealous ways. They have um, considered the nature of things in ways that sometimes are just uh, completely uh, amazing and awe-inspiring. It, it almost reminds me of, of a mathematics. I mean, well, math- mathematics and, and philosophy, as you know, are... are totally intertwined when it comes to the philosophers but uh, if you just think about something like a mathematician you know you think about the the gifting of a mathematician the way his brain works the way he's able to dissect things and analytically put things together and the way he considers things and 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 you know truly who would say that a gifted uh, mathematician who has um, who has thought things over at such a extreme level is it has nothing to offer a Christian. Of course he does. And the reality is all truth is God's truth. And it's the, it's the same with philosophers. It's the same with um, those who uh, have considered the nature of truth and epistemology and ontology and all of these things. They have spent time sometimes with genius minds uh, considering uh, reality and, and parts of it that um, that just offer us perspectives and uh, considerations and sometimes just basic analytical realities that, that uh, are deeply, deeply helpful. We have to remember that uh, the Bible is not a scientific textbook. It's not a philosophical textbook. It's not an aerodynamics textbook. It's not, uh, a, there are a lot of areas and disciplines and, and uh, uh, places of knowledge that the Bible doesn't even try to include. The Bible does give us a Uh, means through which to test all things and a framework of understanding the world that allows us to consider the truthfulness or the the falsehood of of certain statements uh, at certain levels. But at the same token, um, it doesn't pretend to to offer us everything that can be found in the realm of knowledge. And so as we would go to scientists, and rightly so, to understand science, as we would go to the mathematician to understand math, uh, as we would go to 
uh, you know, wherever, the chemist to understand chemistry. Uh, we would go to the philosopher to understand uh, so many elements of what uh, a love for wisdom would entail. And so um, that's basically the idea with wanting to see philosophy as it has happened. Um, the, the reality of academic thought and um, and sometimes uh, the groundswell that follows it in culture uh, has all come from philosophy at some level. And the more that we can understand that, the more we can see that which shapes uh, the films we watch, the movies, we can understand the way the culture is formed, the evolution of that culture and where it's going. Uh, it truly is um, an important discipline uh, for those who want to understand the world in which they live. And I would argue that that at some level, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that everyone has to be a PhD philosopher, but it does mean that at some level, every, everyone that's walking through this world needs to consider the reality of philosophy. Uh, sometimes seriously so, sometimes at a, at a very consistent, steady level, but sometimes just playfully as well, uh, just to just to engage the world in which we live, just to understand this, this uh, dwelling that we have before us. And so uh, what I want to do this morning, well, it's morning for me at least anyway, uh, but what I wanted to do is just really in the same uh, measure that we've been setting it up theologically, I want to just set things up philosophically. Um, I want to spend just a uh, a moment or two getting up to speed f with where I'm at um, in, in terms of the reading. I'm, I'm, I'm going on the Stoic trip at the moment, and uh, I want to continue to read some of the Stoics, and so I imagine that um, we will have that come through on this podcast for a while. I also want to look later on at Charles Taylor and uh, much of his uh, cultural analysis as a more contemporary uh, philosophical approach, but we'll get there when we get there. Um, I want to just give you a quick insight as to why I'm reading the Stoics. I think a lot of people would hear that and go, wait a minute, Stoics, aren't they the bad guys? Aren't they the guys that Paul was like arguing against uh, in the book of Acts? And that's true. And it is also true that much of Stoic philosophy uh, was part of uh, the Roman psyche as they persecuted Christianity. So there's that. And, um, and, and again, all we're saying here is that it's common grace and all truth is God's truth. And uh, that doesn't mean that the Stoics were infallible and uh, that we just swallow everything they're saying, hook, line, and sinker. Uh, but it is also true that along with uh, the, the, the Greek philosophers before them, they had some amazing things to say. And um, my interest in Stoicism has uh, essentially come out of my pastoral ministry as I focused on cognitive behavioral therapy um, as a component of um, pastoring and counseling specifically. And uh, there are some extremely interesting connections in terms of the way I would say one of the, the better psychotherapies today um, uh, originate uh, or find their their roots in, in much of what has been around for so long in Stoic understanding and philosophy. Uh, again, a lot of it is anti-Christian, but a lot of it is deeply overlapped with uh, the, everything that every Christian, I imagine, would believe. And so uh, we want to talk about that. We want to work out uh, how to discern those things, uh, think about how to read discerningly, but then, then also to... Even in the process of rejecting that which is false, often there is help there in that it points us to that which is true. And I find that happens to me all the time. Even if the philosopher takes me down a wrong path, I still end up comparing that to the right path of Scripture and it ends up being a deeply uh, encouraging 
and uh, almost devotional time for me. So uh, with that in mind, I'm going to stop because we're at like a little bit over 10 minutes. So I got to try and keep this thing uh, short. But you know where we're going for the next while. If you're interested in Stoicism, uh, start thinking about uh, Epictetus, Marcus Aurelius, um, and those guys, uh, two of my favorite Stoics at this point. And uh, we'll come to uh, to look at some more of that in the future. So uh, happy Friday. And uh, I trust that you are able to Uh, Take some ground as you think about this great journey in the overlap of the ages. See you next time.